Welcome to the End Time Podcast. We're certainly happy to have you back with us again, and we would like to take this time to look at some current events. There has been an event take place in the United States uh, that has garnered a lot of attention from both the public um, and the religious communities um, from all different walks of faith, and that would be a, a revival that has taken place in a little university in Asbury um, that some have labeled as a revival and some have had other ideas of, of what it is or may be, um, but we would like to take at the End Time Podcast an abstract look at it through the uh, thoughts and the scriptures that are in the Word of God and through history and also through prophecy uh, about the day and age that we're living in. And in specifically to go back to the what I'll call the Asbury Revival for the sake of reference. Asbury is a little town in, in Kentucky, and it's not um, a stranger to revival, I'll say as there was back in the 1930s, uh, more specifically in 1935, uh, there's recorded of a revival happened there that really was an outpouring of, of, of uh, the Spirit of God after about 400 students and faculty members got together um, and began to fast and pray. And what was really on their hearts back in that day was they had accumulated through several, I have to think in 1935 is in the middle of the Great Depression, and they accumulated about $75,000 in debt through building projects on the university grounds. And they were looking to have these paid back and paid off. And there was they were pulling funds from different places. But in this, they begin to look to God. And they begin to say, begin to pray and fast and, and ask the Lord to help them. And God came on the scene in such a way that they managed to raise $43,500 in the middle of the Great Depression, which the creditor company, which they owed 75000 took that money cash in hand and just wiped the debt clear, which was a common practice back then, I'm told. Um, to have cash in hand back in 1930s was quite a huge thing. and uh, But that wasn't the only time. There was also other times in history. In, in 1970, there was a noted revival that took place at the same university, um, which also spread across about 130 different campuses across the United States. Um, another revival that that uh, was really just an outpouring of the Spirit of God again, that from that, I'll say, spawned a lot of different movements, a lot of things that took place, and there was, it was really a, a change in the secular Christian world at that time um, towards what we know now as the modern Christian world. For the sake of time, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into that statement. Maybe we will in a little bit. But what was really uh, profound to me is is what's actually etched in the cornerstone of the Hughes Auditorium there at Asbury uh, campus, which is the scripture, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 14, which says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And that is that is a scripture that is actually etched in the cornerstone there in the auditorium. And, and they very... Um, it seemed to be the uh, cornerstone of the 1970s revival, at least, where they really were looking for the peace of God, and they were looking for the love of God to be outpoured, and God came down and answered their prayer. Now, in, as we look at the 2023 revival, um, which from different accounts, some would say it started there in February, others would say it, 
it really started back years ago when they started to look at the 50th anniversary of the 1970 revival, started to get together and pray, um, and really desiring an outpouring and an experience with the love of God. And even if you look online, you can find um, different ones will reference the prayer that started the Asbury revival, as they call it. And I, I found it interesting, the man really is praying, desiring an experience with the love of God. And I believe, you know, if you call on the Lord and you really seek his face, he's He's privy to answer you. You know, he's, he's quick to do so, but it takes a getting out of the way ourselves. But I, but I want to just take a step back now as we just have those thoughts on our mind as to what's going on today in, in what seems to be capturing the headlines in the spiritual context of news. But what, what really, if we look through the, the Word of God, if we look through prophecy, if we look through uh, different thoughts of great men down through the, through the ages and even modern uh, men, um, what, what, what constitutes a revival? What really is a revival? The context of words or the meanings of words change so much over time. And, and I wonder if we could look back, what was revival before? And does it still mean the same thing today? Are we still looking for the same thing today as, as men of old, great men? We could look back at William Branham. We could look back at Charles Spurgeon, Charles Finney, uh, even going back to Martin Luther. Is, is revival back then the same thing we're looking for today and calling revival? What really is revival? I think those are all good questions, Brother Andrew. The accounts have come in. This is, there's an account of the Asbury revival. This was from February 23rd, 2023. Um, I'll pick a few pieces from, from the New York Times. and It starts out by saying, Jennifer Palmer told her boss on Thursday morning that she had to leave work and drove 11 hours straight from Jacksonville, Florida to get there, to get here. Jaden Peach, a high school student from a few hours away in Kentucky, came with his mother after listening to a speaker at their church. Valor Christian College in Ohio canceled classes, and almost the entire student body drove down in a bus with no plans for where they would spend the night. For two weeks, tens of thousands of people have, have made a pilgrimage to a tiny Christian college about 30 minutes south of Lexington for what some scholars and worshipers describe as the nation's first spiritual revival of the 21st century drawn by posts on TikTok and Instagram, plus old-fashioned word-of-mouth Christians from across the country poured through a chapel on the campus of Asbury University to pray and sing until the wee hours of the morning, lining up hours before the doors open and leaving only when volunteers closed the chapel at 1 a.m. to clean it up for the next day. They were hoping to, in the words of one, experience the presence of God. You have a people now, this is me talking, you have a people that are hungry and and desiring and then they see an outpouring and they want to be a part of it they, the new york times talks about nascent revivals are now breaking out at other college campuses including at lee university in tennessee and cedarville university in ohio though it remains to be seen if they'll sustain the same fervor that the new york times wrote the revival at asbury began on february 8th at least they write it and we we discussed this how it, there was a burden before even in 2019 when a few dozen students lingered after an ordinary morning chapel service to continue singing and praying together word about the spontaneous gathering spread on campus and by evening students were dragging mattresses into the chapel to spend the night within days their enthusiasm had exploded into an international event the university estimates that the revival has drawn more than 50,000 people to Wilmore a sleepy town of 6,000 people the, t the the article goes on but the move of god this the rain falling 
and people moving in now, what happens next? Where do we go from here? God came, God moved. It, it, it would appear that the Spirit of God came and fell. But now where does that seed go from here? Jesus would tell a story of the seed being planted. Some fell on good ground, some fell on this ground, some fell on that ground. What happens next? That's, that's a good question that I think we'll, we'll get into here right away, but I, I just want to take a step back for a minute because in that article they said this is the first revival in the 21st century. It brings me back to a question that I asked in the last episode. It brings me back to a question I asked at the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure which one it will be. But has the meaning of revival changed in the minds of people today? I was just looking at this, this Times article, and maybe we'll go a little bit. It, it says this is the New York Times definition. Mm-hmm. By, by any definition, the New York Times writes, a revival is characterized by spontaneous, long-lasting episodes of collective worship, extemporaneous prayer, stirring music, and rousing preaching. The, his, the concept has a history stretching back to at least the first great awakening in 18th century England when crowds of newly fervent Protestants gathered to hear vivid extemporaneous sermons by pastors like Jonathan Edwards. In the lively tent revivals of the 20th century South, Pentecostals prayed in tongues and said they experienced divine healing. And the notion remains potent for Christians from many traditions and Protestant denominations. I, I would say, you know, if we look at the larger context is... Um, On the day of Pentecost, it was when God um, began to pour out his spirit uh, among men, and which was a fulfillment of prophecy uh, related to the book of Joel. And um, God poured out his spirit, and it was the faithfulness of God. He wanted to dwell with men, and he also gave man a hunger for God. So if we could look at it, is God wants to make himself known to every generation. And so they, the initial revival, if you want to call it, really was the day of Pentecost, when uh, a number had gathered in an upper room, God poured out his spirit, and it began to spread. They went from the upper room into the streets and began to bear witness to what God had done You know, and there was signs and wonders. There was something to attract the people. And the Bible said 3,000 souls were saved in one day. Mm -hmm. So so God does these things as a part of his faithfulness, um, not just back then, but to every generation, to every age, God, God is there. And so he's faithful, but he also knows what's in man. And in man, there is a hunger you, you can say it as, as David said, my heart longs, thirsts for the living God. And so God places that hunger, that desire there. And you, you bring that to current terms uh, where we live today, that hunger is still there among all men. Uh, there's a desire for God. Uh, we can satisfy our flesh man with, with the things and the comforts of life. We can even allow our spirit man to have many experiences through the, the, the senses, through music, through things that would, would cause us um, to, to live life to a greater way. But down in the soul, there's a part that I believe that there's a hunger for the living God. And um, God promised that in every 
age and every generation he would make himself known. So really a revival is a coming together of these two things. And, and I believe it's there for us in 2023. I just want to emphasize on something here because what you're saying is based on really the scripture and, and Psalms and what David begins to pour out and cry out. There's down in the heart of every individual, there's something down in men that's thirsting for something that is greater than themselves. Is looking for something to satisfy. We suppress that many times by other means, by outside um, substitutes. Substitutes. Thank you. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah. As Brad was talking about um, about a hunger and a thirst, and the scripture that came to my mind when Jesus was speaking um, about the Beatitudes, and he was saying, uh, "Blessed," and this is it'll be Matthew chapter five. Um, Verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So as we were talking about, you know, the start of a revival and, and the hungering of, of the people, that, you know, even the scripture is saying that if there's a group of people or if there's someone that is hungering and thirsting for righteousness, um, they, God is going to pour himself out um, to them. Uh, so it's, it's uh, I mean, we can see it happening even here as we're talking about this, this Asbury revival. You know, Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus writes and says, you know, but seek ye first the kingdom of mm -hmm. God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. You know, too many times we're, we're seeking after everything else. Yeah. But if we would seek the kingdom of God first, you know, we'd get the peace, we'd get the joy, the, mm -hmm. the love that we're longing for, and then the other things can come. Yeah. So really revival then is, is, a, is a stirring up or reviving of what's down there in our heart, that hunger yeah. for God. It's reviving that hunger and bringing it back up to the forefront again, past all the other hurts and substitutes and pains and, and addictions and, and, and oppressions and bringing that hunger back to the forefront again. There is so many ideas or so many um, ways that people think about revival, but... I think the revival is a work of the Holy Spirit that starts in the heart of the people. I've been in, in a few of the or some of the called revivals, uh, I would say denominational revivals. Many people think that they are bringing people together, a group of people, a number of people, uh, they would call them a revival mm -hmm. or an mm -hmm. emotion, they would call them revival. But what you brother, uh, brother Andrew was uh, you were saying uh, it, it's actually it is a stirring of something that God already placed in the heart of the people, and uh, and in other words, we can say that a revival it's a filling, it's a, or a refilling of the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. uh, in the hearts of the people, and make make that alive, make that live to be a, a living testimony. We we'll say before before the the people when a revival comes. I would say it's something that is going to stay in the heart of the people. It's like I said, it's not something that is it's 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 a momentary, but it's something that God will will, will pour into your heart and will remain. Yeah. And that will be I would say a living testimony, like I said, before mm -hmm. the people that this person has received something from God, has received 
uh, a blessing, I would say, of, of, you know, I would say maybe something that God had really dealt or deal with with the heart and you, and it will be a testimony. So that, that brings up a really good point because it, it is a work of the Holy Ghost, okay? And to, in order to revive that hunger and thirst within an individual, our best efforts brings us to a substitute. But it takes God, the Holy Ghost, to come in and revive to help you to understand what it is that can really meet that problem yeah. and what can really give you joy and what can really bring you peace and what can really bring you to a, a real love. But I want to even for the for the sake of, of reasoning then, because of, of something you said, because I really like it, but if what's happening in Asbury is a real revival, then the people that have been affected by it will become a witness of the power of God yeah. and won't be able to deny it in the future. I think that is what a true revival will produce. Because even if you look at a new birth of, of, um, of a man, it starts off with a revival. You know, mm -hmm. there is a joy, there is um, such an excitement when, when you know you first come with your encounter with the Lord. Um, there is such, I don't know, uh, yeah, an excitement that comes with it. Mm -hmm. But eventually, if, if that is a true experience that you had with the Lord, you don't stop at the excitement. You start yeah. to go deeper and have a walk with the Lord and, and yeah. really start to, to, to get into the Word and, and study the Word and, and start to have a life that actually reflects out. And you find out that many of the things that maybe you did in the past, um, they start to actually fade away from your life. And it's not you forcing yourself to do it, but they just drop off. You, you, you just can't go back to them. Something has happened to you. You know, you've gone back to really who, who you are. So, so then with that in mind, has revival been something that has happened many times in the recent past? Or is, is this a, and I'm just asking it a question for the way of us to think about this and for the listener to think about it. Is it something that just happens once in a while as a movement? Or is it something that happens regularly? And has there been many movements in the past? And my thought behind this is the scripture in, in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. So in other words, this is when God pours out his spirit, it's for everybody. Okay, it's not for just the rich or just for the poor or just for a certain class or for a certain country. It's for everybody. So so I want to ask this, and is is this revival we could talk about in Asbury, um, is this an isolated event? Is this something that is just, wow, that was amazing and, and praise God, he poured out his spirit and that fulfills Joel chapter 2 or is there more? Was there more in the past? But um, I want I want to think about this for a moment. That is this a small part of a much larger picture? Definitely so, Brother Andrew. The um, the scripture in Joel two verse twenty eight, you could say, was really first fulfilled um, at the upper room in the Book of Acts. But it it doesn't stop there because from that there came uh, a promise where even Peter would say, 
what's happened here will continue to right. your sons, to your daughters, mm -hmm. to those even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yeah. So you, you have to understand it's the heart of God to bring man close to him. And mm -hmm. our tendency is that life becomes mundane, we fall into a routine, but God's promised that we'll be refreshed, that we'll be renewed, and that there'll be specific times from. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 19, it would say, Repent, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So there's a refreshing that God promised, and, and that refreshing has been there uh, over the ages. It, it was there on the day of Pentecost. It moved on into different locations when Paul took the gospel out. It, it, it happened in, in different places. There was revivals. And, and a revival is really a coming together of people. While God wants to have something lasting to the individual, we're social creatures and we benefit by being in the company of one another and and particularly the Holy Spirit, God among us, that that comes and dwells and and he moves among us and he uses gifts and he uses men and he uses singing and he uses atmosphere and and all of these things are there for a refreshing. And and that has reflected down through the ages. I also can uh maybe think a, a type of a revival um, when we plant a seed and that seed receive the sun the the sun the light of the sun and the, and the water that seed it start to grow and uh, and when you see when you see that seed the seed or that plant is growing so it would be grow if you feed it or, or if you uh, water if you um if it's receiving the light of the sun. A revival is something you can maintain with the Word of God, reading, praying. That's something that I want to be in your heart all the time. So it's like the plant. Yeah. We ought to keep the revival in us always, constantly reviving. To overcome is to keep life right. inside of you. Right. Yeah. And so in order to, we ought to stay in revival, constantly the life of God refreshing us. Another thing that revival is, is to kick the trash out. Mm -hmm. You would describe a, a lake or a sea, and it was all the same water that, you know, frothing and the waves coming and beating against the shore and trash being kicked out of the waves and the waves all dancing and shouting. And the, the, wa the water level was the same as when it was super peaceful the night before. But what was happening was there was a refreshing, same amount of water, same amount of Christ in our lives, you could say, but it was being refreshed and revived and, and, and the trash was being kicked out. Brother Brandon will cut and say now, uh, you know, talking about the topic of how can I overcome it, that it's time that we should never let the spirit of revival die. Is that we've got to keep in revival, constantly revived, every day. Paul said he had to die daily, that Christ could live. We must never let that revival die within us. Yeah, That's so. It's, it's, it's really good even just to take it with the the type Brother Tito took with the flower coming up. That flower, as long as it's growing, it has life in it. Mm -hmm. And it rejoices and is revived by the sunshine. And it grows in that. But when the rain comes, yeah. it's rejoiced and it revives by the rain. Yeah. Yeah. And and quite often in our own hearts, you know, we the, 
God puts life in there. And when the sun is out, we're having a great time. But when the rain comes, we're going, oh, man, I, I'm just not a Christian anymore. This is, this is too hard. But if there's a life of God in there, we got to keep that revival going because we're realizing it's without the rain, we can't grow yeah. in the sunshine. Yeah. So we need them both. And the revival is the life of God continually in us keeping out the trash. Yeah, yeah I like that. To think about the plant, as, as you had said, Brother Tito, is that life starts in, in a seed form. The life is there in the first little sprout that grows up. But it needs a certain amount of outside conditions, sunlight, rain. It needs these things to grow. And, and at every stage, it needs to be fostered. And, and you could say that the Word of God is the same thing. It, uh, it, it's, it's growing, and, and we're growing in maturity. We're growing in knowledge and in revelation. And, and I believe God's promised that He's going to have a people that are, according to the book of Ephesians, that's going to be a bride, that's going to be the culmination of his work. And they'll be without spot, and they'll be without wrinkle. And, and even in an age with so many temptations, but it's God who along the way has fostered the growth at different intervals. He would, he would foster it through even, even the ages and the times, and, and we could spend much time on that. But, but more recently, we could look back to um, when America started, there was a man named Charles Finney, was an evangelist and, and brought forth revivals. And, and it was a tremendous time of growth. It would, it would bring people to God. Uh, it would reflect in others like Dwight Moody. Um, you could say more recently, even it would go to um, the time of 1906 and what they call Azusa Street and the outbreak and and it was, an, it was God increasing the life of that plant, bringing it to a higher level, pouring gifts into the church, showing more of himself. Um, you know, it, it would carry on and, and right down to what we call the healing revival in America in the mid-1950s. And, and there were great men of God at that time, Oral Roberts and Billy Graham and William Branham and, and Jack Coe, and, and there was others. But God had ordained this to bring us all up higher. And so it's God who's, who's bringing that, but yet we're benefiting from it. Now, this is to an age, but it, it has to benefit the individual ultimately. I, I just want to tie this together because we, we talked about the individual revival at, at the beginning and how it's, it's a stirring up of, of that desire within ourselves. And it's a personal revival. Then Brother Red brought into it, a revival really is when you get a group of people together. Because what happens, a revival like that, where we're bringing out the, the, the Welsh revival, the Azusa Street revival, the healing revival, it starts with an individual yeah. getting a desire on their, on their hearts. You brought out specifically Charles Finney, who would would pray in such a way and, and, and desire God to move in, in a specific place, in a location. And, you know, even how uh, Dwight Moody was saved was because one little sister That's good. got yeah. such a burden on her heart to have revival that she rented a place and she invited a preacher to come and she was giving out invitations. And finally, this one scruffy-haired young teenage boy said, sure, I'll come and showed up real late 
I, I, I think as far as I remember, maybe he was the only one there. I, I mm-hmm. as far as I know, and when he walked, he he got saved. That little sister who had this desire had a revival in her heart is now tied together with a man named Dion Moody who saved millions of souls yeah. to God. And that that is because one person got on a revival, it brought a huge group of people yeah. into a revival. Yeah. And that's how all these all these great moves of God, they start in this way. Someone gets under a burden, someone gets under a desire, begins to be revived in themselves. As we look at these different revivals, we can see that God always has a desire to move, as he even talked about it in Nicodemus, to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him should have everlasting life. In other words, God loves and desires to have people come to him, to have fellowship, to save, that he came not to condemn but to save that which was lost. And God has this desire, and it takes us to get all those other things out of the way so we can allow God to revive us again and bring us back into fellowship with Him. And I would even say that's the desire, I believe, that was behind this revival in 2023 in Asbury, where you got a people that are, are hungering for a relationship with God. And there's been much said by different ones that really a generation that hasn't known revival you know we're living in 2023 it's a whole generation raising up that is now in college that they haven't known the move of god it's become i'll say cold it's become indifferent it's become just mundane life and you know you've got some families that will just go to church and some families that won't because they haven't seen god move in so long and you've got some families that you know, they, they're Catholic and you've got some that are Protestant and you've got some that are this religion and that religion. And it's just become a, a mundane religion. But now I believe it's because there's been a generation raising up saying, surely there's more. We read about things in history. Surely there's more to God than just what I'm being told. And now today we, we also have revivals going on not just places like Asbury where it's taking the, I'll say the global news and, and has, has, has made headlines in different ways um, through social media and, and getting the, the word out there that way. But there's also been localized revivals in different churches where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has been phenomenal. I've sat in many of them myself, and that is a part of something as well. But all of these things is part of a, a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've just had... Uh, reports of a, a little church up in Saskatchewan have a revival where seven new converts come in and get baptized because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and 35 people that are, are sitting in just a small little church and 35 are rebaptized because of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they have a desire for more of God and God begins to come in and fill that desire. You know, there's revivals going on right now in countries like Uganda, in Africa, where in Uganda, where there's in the past two years or past five years, there's been around 100,000 souls that have come and just been revived by the Holy Spirit and accepted the truth of the hour. There's also the bride revival, which is the bride of Jesus Christ having an an experience with the Lord on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about rigorous worship. 
Oh, I love to worship God while I'm at work day by day. Mm-hmm. I love to sing his praises all the time. And even when the, the rain is pouring or the sun is shining, there's nothing like just getting aside to the Lord yeah. day in and day out. I believe that's the true revival. Amen. Uh, you know, like we're reading that quote, it never dies. That is it the never real revival. Does. It's exactly right. Because, man, there are days people can meet together and, and have a great revival. But if you leave that place and after a month you're back in the same, in the same tent again and grinding, and uh, that's not really a revival. A revival, as we said, what is it? It brings life. Mm-hmm. When someone has got life, they can't die. The life just keeps expressing itself, whatever life well, you got inside. That quotation that you read comes from a message called, How Can I Overcome? To overcome something is not an up and a down. Yeah. Once you've overcome something, overcome. you won. Mm-hmm. Where does the Asbury Revival go to? Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. If you attend a revival service, it takes you now finding a home church, finding a place to go, and begin to get into the Word yourself. Yeah, find good. a pastor to sit under. Find someone that when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide and lead, he will lead you into all truth, the Scripture would say. Now it comes to a spot to live in that spirit of revival daily. That's if, if we have people that would, even in a revival like this, that might have been justified or sanctified, saved, being cleansed, there's more and there's more and there's more. And it, there's a spot of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and there's the light of the hour to come to that the spirit of truth can lead you into. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanks giving of many redound to the glory of God which redound is to say it was sent to produce the result of the glory of God in your life for this cause we faint not but though the outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day God bless you thank you so much for joining us at the end time podcast it's been a blessing to you that you're able to enjoy this and share it with others if you have any questions or comments please drop us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com or send us a message at the dm at instagram at end time podcast god bless you till next time